Good morning and welcome again. We're grateful that you're here today. Thank you, James, for reading our scripture today and to Brother Billy for leading our singing. We appreciate so much the opportunity to be together. It's a beautiful day and uh, we're grateful for all the blessings that we enjoy in life. Not just the physical blessings of life, but also the spiritual blessings. And so today we're going to be looking at John chapters 14, 15, and 16 in our study together. We're going to be talking about the fact that we can have peace and joy in this life. And as you begin your week, I do want to encourage you to remember those who are sick, those who are struggling with any number of health issues, please continue to keep them in your prayers. We've had a number of folks that have been sick. Uh, some have uh, faced some difficult days, and so please continue to remember them in your prayers. All right, today as we look at John chapters 14 through 16, we're going to be talking, as I said a moment ago, about the fact that we can have peace and joy in life. There are a lot of people in our world today that if you and I were to pose the question, do you have peace and joy in your life, they would emphatically say, absolutely not. There are many that the whole concept of finding peace and joy seems in their minds as nothing more than a dream. Well, you know, the Bible tells us that in Christ, we can find both peace and joy. And so I want to talk today for a moment or two about this whole idea of finding peace and joy in life. And really, I think when you talk about the Christian life, everything that we have to say today is rooted in a life in Christ. And so with that being said, let's talk first of all about the truth as it relates to peace. Now, you know, the Bible, of course, has a lot to say about the notion of peace. And there is the promise of peace recorded for us by the writers in days gone by. To understand, number one, that Jesus is the one who promises peace. In chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus said, Peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. And then, of course, he would go on to say, Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And so here Jesus is promising peace to those who would be his disciples. In chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus would say, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. And so, to understand, to appreciate the fact that in Christ Jesus, we are afforded a sense of peace. Now, bear in mind that when the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Ephesians, he talked about all the spiritual blessings that we have in the heavenly places in Christ in chapter 1, verse 3. One of the great spiritual blessings that we enjoy in Christ is peace. And so you have the Lord Jesus Christ promising peace, and then the fact that He has the ability to deliver. He is the provider of peace, is He not? Do you remember Isaiah the prophet? 
Isaiah, of course, writing some seven centuries before Jesus made His way to earth. Isaiah identified the Christ, the Messiah, as the Prince of Peace. And then you remember in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul talked about those who are outside a covenant relationship with God, they're without hope and without God. But then in verse 14, he said, Christ is our peace. And so there is solid evidence that in Christ we can have peace. Now, there's another thing I want you to think about. First, the promise of peace. But now, the place of peace. Listen again to what Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. In chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus again, recorded by the Apostle John, said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. So, where then does peace lie? Well, it is in Christ, isn't it? Sometimes we talk about how all spiritual blessings are in Christ. And let me just very quickly remind you, when you read the book of Ephesians, some 35 times or more, the expression in Christ or its equivalent is found. So what we have to take away from that is, in Christ is to be in a very special place. One of the great blessings of being in Christ is that we have peace. Now in Jesus... We are said to have peace with God. Do you remember in Romans chapter 5, Paul said, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. When man sinned in the Garden of Eden, man became estranged or alienated, if you please, from his Creator. And so Jesus came to mediate between the two parties, didn't he? Jesus came for the purpose of bringing man and God together. Where did that take place? At the cross. Do you remember Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 2? Said there is one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. So here's the Lord Jesus Christ dying on Calvary. And Paul said he reconciled both Jew and Gentile in one body unto God through what means? The cross. So we have peace with God, and then Paul says we have the peace of God. Let me invite you to turn to Philippians chapter 4. In verse 6, you remember Paul is in a Roman prison. And one of the reoccurring themes in the book of Philippians is joy, the fact that in Christ, despite our circumstances, we can enjoy deep-seated joy and peace in life. And so he said, "...in nothing be anxious." But in everything, with prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds in or through Christ. The picture is that of a military guard. And what Paul is saying is, it's as if we have a military guard standing watch over our heart. And because of that, we have the peace that passes all understanding. That's a great blessing, isn't it? So, again, to just reemphasize the fact that in Christ, that's where all these blessings reside, one of which is peace, the other would be joy. Now, there's a second thought I want to share with you. 
It has to do with the threat to peace. What about the challenges to peace in our day and time? Well, there are a lot of challenges in life, aren't there? And there are a lot of difficulties and trials that we face in life, some of which we have no answer for. And so to understand that there is a genuine threat posed to our peace in Christ. Now, listen again to what Jesus said in John chapter 14. Again, in verse 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give you. But now listen to this. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. There are a lot of troubles and trials common to those of us in the human family. Potentially, those troubles and trials can rob us of our peace. As a matter of fact, the word trouble here actually means to agitate. It carries with it the idea of striking an individual with fear, to cause inward commotion. Do you ever have fears and anxieties in life? Do you ever have the feeling that life is somehow dovetailing out of control? And that this inner calm that you ought to have, you don't have? Well, certainly. Here's what Job said many years ago. Man born of woman is a few days, listen to him, and full of trouble. Troubles and trials have been common to man since the garden, haven't they? And there are any number of troubles and trials that literally can rob us of our peace and joy. And so here's Jesus, and think about this. Jesus is engaged in a very intimate conversation with the apostles. In chapters 13 through 17, we have a record of this. In chapter 13, Jesus is talking about leaving the disciples. He's going away. He's going to die on Calvary. He will later ascend to heaven. And the apostles, no doubt, are distraught. Peter affirms that he's willing to lay down his life for the cause of Christ if the need were to arise. And yet, we know the rest of the story, don't we? So there are some natural fears and concerns on their part. Back in chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So troubles can threaten our peace in this life. That's just a fact. Now we talk about the weight of trouble, the weight of the trials of life, and they're very real. And so, troubles can rob us of our peace, and then tribulation. Again, look at John 16, verse 33. Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation. So really, what do we take from that? Well, the fact of the matter is, because of the world that we live in, a world that has been subjected to suffering and pain and, yes, even death. We face those things on a daily basis. And the tribulations of life to those who are in Christ sometimes are greater than those who are outside of Christ. For example, in Acts chapter 14, verse 22, Paul talked about how through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. 
So there were a lot of trials and tribulations common to the first century saints. Jesus here is talking about the fact He's going to be leaving them. He's going to die on Calvary. And they're going to be faced with some trials and a myriad of tribulations in life. So again, to understand the weight of troubles in life. But then we think about not just the weight of the world, but the ways of the world. You know, there are a lot of people in the world today that are selling a product that in all actuality is not real. What the devil wants you to think is that if you will tap into the world, you can find genuine peace, genuine joy in life. It's not there. As a matter of fact, when you look at the world and what the world has to offer, number one, I would submit to you, it is superficial. Number two, I would say it is substandard. And number three, I would say it is short-lived. Now you can try your best to tap into all the things the world has to offer, but you will never completely be filled with joy and peace. I promise you that. It's just not there. You remember in 1 John chapter 2, John talked about the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Are there people in the world who have literally hooked their wagon to the ways of the world? Well, the answer is yes. And yet the bottom line is those things do not satisfy. Those things do not provide genuine, true, lasting peace and joy in life. You want an example of that? Go back and read the book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon, the wisest man of his day. You remember the Bible says, the queen of the south, the queen of Sheba came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and she said, the half hasn't been told. Solomon had everything you could ever hope for in life. Can you imagine the wealth he possessed? The power at his beckoning call? And then add to that his greatness, his renown? I mean, there are people in our world today, they are chasing these things, are they not? Are there not people in our world today, they're chasing wealth and popularity and greatness? They want to make a name for themselves. And they think that once they achieve all of these things, then somehow they're going to magically have peace and joy in life. And listen, it doesn't work that way. Matter of fact, when you read the record in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, after Solomon itemizes all of the things that he enjoys on planet Earth, he said, therefore, in light of all these things, he said, I hated life. You ever notice some of the most powerful and prominent people to have ever graced the face of this earth have been miserable? Have there not been people that have become household names because of a lack of joy and peace and satisfaction in life? Have they not taken their own life? Yes. What the devil promises and what he can deliver are two different things. I said a minute ago, Jesus is the provider of peace. The Lord Jesus can deliver. The devil can't. 
Now again, what was it Jesus said, John chapter 16, verse 33? He said, in the world you will have tribulation. There is no way to escape problems and trials in this life. And so if everything you're banking on is external in nature, you're going to have a hard time in life. There's got to be something more to life than the here and now. And that's where a lot of folks go wrong. That's where a lot of people find problems in life. I mean, again, go back and read Philippians chapter 4. Paul doesn't dismiss the idea of face, facing life with anxiety and worry and trial and trouble. But rather, Paul said, In nothing be anxious, but in everything with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. So here I'm facing trials and troubles, and there are things that are going on in, in the world that I don't necessarily understand. And Paul said as a child of God, I can pray about those things. I can put it before His altar. He'll hear my prayers, and He will assist me. Look at our country. In many respects, our country is a nightmare. Sometimes I have to step back and think, you know what? When I look at some of the things that are going on in our country, and I have to be honest, I do not like the direction we're headed. But I have to remember that there is someone in control far greater than those who occupy positions of power in this country. That someone is Almighty God. And God is still on His throne, and God is still in control. The psalmist said in the long ago, the Lord reigns. Daniel said concerning the kingdoms of the world, he said the Most High, that's God, rules in the kingdoms of men and gives it to whomsoever He wills. John said in Revelation chapter 1 that Jesus is the King over the kings of the world, of the earth. So, when you find yourself worried and anxious about where we're headed as a nation, to remember that God is still in control. And listen, God has used pagan kings in days gone by to accomplish His will. And I don't care whether someone is good or bad, God can use those people to accomplish His will. And to remember that. So to understand that there is this natural threat to divine peace. There is a third thing I want to share with you. It has to do with the triumph of divine peace. Now, let's look again at what Jesus said as we think about the power of peace and joy in life. Again, the power of peace and joy in life. I want you to look at John chapter 16, or rather 15, in verse 11. And listen to what Jesus has to say. These things I have spoken to you. Well, why? That my joy may remain in you. And he said that your joy may be full. Jesus here is saying two things. Number one, that to be his disciple. To be a follower of His, 
is to have the assurance of abiding joy. And not just abiding joy, but abounding joy. Could I ask you a question? Do you have genuine joy in your heart? Do you have peace in your life? Jesus is saying both are possible. Both are realities. Now we talk about having this abiding joy and peace in life. Listen, again, the only place to find it is in Christ Jesus. If you think that the world is going to somehow provide those things for you, you're mistaken. And what Jesus is saying is, in me and me alone can you have genuine, abiding joy and peace in your life. And I would remind you that the peace and joy that we're talking about, those things are not dictated by what's going on in the world around us. I mean, it might be the case that you have family problems. Maybe you've got problems on your job. Maybe you're having difficulties with people that you associate with on a regular basis. It might be that your life has been turned upside down because of some illness or disease. It might be that you have faced the death of a loved one. All of those things can ultimately be a source of stress and heartache to life. But what Jesus is saying is that in Him, we have this abiding, abounding joy. Joy that is not dictated by what's going on around us. You remember what Paul said, Philippians chapter 4? Again, Paul writing from a Roman prison cell, the time's about A.D. 61, 62. And Paul would say, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say, rejoice. When the apostle Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica, they were facing hardships. Matter of fact, he talked about the tribulations that they would face. And Paul said in chapter 5 that they were to maintain a spirit of joyfulness. He said, rejoice always. It is a state of mind, yes, but ultimately derived through a relationship with the Lord. And so we talk about the power of peace and joy in life. And then what about the provisions of peace and joy in this life? Well, let's look again at chapter 16, verse 33. In chapter 16, verse 33, here's what the Lord said. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, he said, you will have tribulation. And then, here's what he had to say, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Can we have confidence in the Lord? Can we find comfort in the Lord? Well, the answer would be yes. But what Jesus is saying is that when we root our lives in Him, that we, like Him, can conquer the world, can't we? You remember Paul in writing to the saints in Rome said, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. We can be triumphant 
We can conquer the ways of the world and the doubts and the dismays of this world by our relationship with the Lord. That's what, that's what the Bible says. Go back again and listen to Jesus. Note, if you would, verse 27, chapter 14 again. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. But then he tags it with this. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Do you think that the apostles at that point, at that juncture in life, that they were troubled, dismayed, fearful about some of the things the Lord had said? Yes. And here's the Lord trying to offset their fears, their anxieties, their worries by saying, look, you need to trust me. Don't allow your heart to be troubled. Don't live in a state of fear. Now go back and look at chapter 14, verse 1 again. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Well, who was Jesus? He was God in the flesh, wasn't he? So Jesus was saying, just as you put your faith and confidence in God the Father, you can have that same confidence, that same trust in me. Why? Because I'm God, God in the flesh. John 8, Jesus said, you remember, except you believe that I am, you'll die in your sins. So he said, in light of that fact, to understand that in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, Jesus said, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. The Lord's saying, better days are ahead. A better place awaits all who are in Christ. I don't necessarily have all the answers to what's going on in life. I know the book that has the answers to the problems of life. That book is Scripture. It's the Bible. And I know this. Whatever I face in this life, I can face it victoriously, triumphantly, if the Lord's at my side. You believe that? I mean, you think about all the things that you have faced and things that you will face. You better make sure the Lord is standing by your side. In Jesus, you can have peace and joy, unequaled, unassailable by the world, immovable. That's ours in Christ. Today, if you're not in Christ, I would encourage you to become one of His followers. Become a disciple of Jesus. Will it be easy? Not necessarily. Will there be hardships and trials and tribulations in life? Well, of course. Why? Because that's the world we live in. But with the help of Almighty God and the assurance of Scripture, we can make it from earth to heaven. We just got to stay the course, don't we? So if you're here today and you haven't obeyed the gospel of Christ, maybe you've never taken the opportunity before you to respond to the gospel message. You know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So we take that faith and we Act upon it. As Paul said, Romans chapter 6, we obey from the heart that form, pattern of doctrine delivered to us. Well, what's 
that pattern of doctrine. Well, we believe Jesus is the Son of God. Repent of our sins, Luke 13, 3. Confess His name before others, Matthew 10. And then we're immersed in water. We are buried with Christ in baptism. We rise to walk in newness of life. All of our sins are in the past. We now have a new life afforded us in Christ Jesus. And all the past and all of the ugliness from the past are that. They're in the past. And then just be faithful. And the assurance is that crown of life that the Lord talks about in Revelation chapter 2 at verse 10. So if you're here today, you haven't named the name of Christ. I encourage you to do that. If you're here and you need the prayers of the church for whatever reason, whether it be to enjoy a restoration of fellowship with God, or you're facing trials and troubles in your life and you need the prayers of the church, we are here today to assist you. Won't you come as we stand and sing?